The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. MentorMate empowers healthcare clients to deliver on their mission and transform the human experience through technology. For over 20 years, clients have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision, design innovative products, and build secure solutions while understanding the specific nuances of their industry. MentorMate's global team in the U.S., Eastern Europe, and Latin America helps clients in all sectors of healthcare transform their organizations. From Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies and commercial payers to hospital systems, medical device manufacturers, and beyond. Learn more at mentormate.com healthcare. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Medical Alley podcast. My name is Tyler Mason. I'm the digital media manager here at Medical Alley, normally behind the scenes on the podcast here with Frank Jaskulki as our usual host. But today we've got a special edition, as I mentioned, of the podcast uh, focusing on mental health. So while Mental Health Awareness Month here in May might be coming to a close soon, we at Medical Alley aim to shine a light on mental health all year long. Uh, this includes sharing stories of our partner organizations who are doing a lot of great work in the mental health and well-being space. So today's podcast includes highlights from several previous podcast conversations that focused on mental health. Uh, throughout this episode, you'll hear from mental health care provider Care Counseling on the link between sleep and mental health. We'll have a special conversation with Lindsay Young of Vikings.com on professional athletes sharing their own mental health stories. And on the technology side, we'll talk to two CEOs whose companies are helping patients overcome their mental health challenges in various ways. We start first with our conversation with Dr. Heidi Bausch-Ryan, the Clinical Director of Training for Care Counseling, on how our sleep can impact our mental health. And if you're like me, someone who maybe doesn't get a lot of sleep, uh, I've got two small kids, so that might be why, uh, I think you'll maybe find this a, a pretty interesting conversation. Take a listen. It may be the, the place to start then in the discussion is just kind of the, the general question. I know it's, it's one I wonder about, and I'm certain a lot in our audience does, but the, what are some of the impacts that lack of sleep not getting enough sleep can have on a person's broader mental health and emotional well-being. Yeah. Before we jump into kind of the conversation about that, I really feel it's important to mention that we all have our own relationship with sleep that's going to impact our mental health and well-being in different ways. And this is based on, you know, our biological, psychological, social, and cultural aspects of our being. And so throughout today and the rest of the podcast, what I hope is that we kind of collectively can honor as many different parts of that as we can. And I just think that it's important to note because, you know, we're all kind of sharing in this human journey. And so I want to just maybe give a personal example of uh, the impact of sleep on mental health or emotional well-being and sort of anticipation of this podcast. I wanted to share uh, my own sleep story in a way. Ah. And I was thinking about obviously connecting with you today, Frank, and just feeling so honored and excited about it. And I found myself really struggling to fall asleep last night. And I was oh, so irony. restless. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought so as well. I just, I kind of giggled at it eventually. At first I was frustrated, you know, and I was like, oh, I really need to get a good night of sleep to talk about sleep. And <laughs> then, uh, then I realized, you know, through an approach that I'll, you know, I'm sure I'm going to talk about at some point throughout today. I realized that, you know, this is a sign that this means a lot to me. Um, that I think it's so important we're having this conversation and I want to make sure that I 
uh, represent sort of the this shared experience that we all have as humans around sleep related concerns. So I share that because of, you know, kind of the irony of it, as you mentioned, and to illustrate that we all have a sleep story right. and that story changes and evolves and it intersects with our mental health and well-being in all different sorts of ways. So I hope we can kind of capture that in our talk today. One thing that I am just kind of wanting to also frame is that when we're thinking about the intersection between sleep, mental health, and emotional well-being, I think it's really important to take that this whole person view mm-hmm. and just talk about how overarchingly sleep is such a critical determinant of our health and well-being. Adequate sleep is so necessary for our immune functioning, our endocrine functioning, our neurological functioning, and lack of sleep is related to, you know, impacts in all those different areas. And when our health is poor, our sleep can often be poor. And when our sleep is poor, often our health can be poor as well. And that shows up psychologically too. And so when we think about our sleep activity, our sleep story, and its impact on our emotional well-being and vulnerability, some things that we're going to see as humans is, you know, it leads to maybe lower tolerance for stress or stressors, right? We have maybe this heightened uh, emotional reactivity we talk about, or, you know, we're quicker to respond emotionally to something such as like frustration or impatience, like last night um, for myself, getting really easily frustrated about not being able to fall asleep. And we then tend to have this kind of decreased ability to focus or sustain our attention or to engage or be present with people. Um, And all of that is going to impact the way that we show up. Next up is part of a conversation I had with Lindsay Young, a writer with the Minnesota Vikings, who helped launch a content series for their website called Getting Open. And that series gave a voice to Vikings players and staff and other personnel about their mental health challenges. So Lindsay joined me in person at our Alley Chats event uh, back in November that took place at the really cool Minnesota Vikings Museum. So here's part of that conversation now. I've been following your work and, and obviously the series Getting Open uh, is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on today um, to talk about the mental health work that uh, that you talked about in that and, and that series. But then also obviously we'll get into maybe your own advocacy of mental health as well. Um, so that ser- series called Getting Open uh, yeah. started in 2021, profiled players on the Vikings, other members of the organization, their, you know, maybe their mental health journeys or, or what they've been dealing with. Uh, where did that idea first come about for the series? Yeah, absolutely. So Interestingly enough, I'd kind of, I've kind of always had this passion about talking about mental health, um, about being an advocate in that area, and I always had kind of wanted to do something with the Vikings, but didn't know what that would look like. We had kind of had these one-off opportunities, you know. Um, I remember Kevin McDermott, our former long snapper, he did mm-hmm. like a walk for suicide awareness. We were able okay. to cover that, but never really had anything, you know, long term. Well, then obviously the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. um, the murder of George Floyd, just right. so much going on right here in the Twin Cities. I think everybody was struggling. I'll get into my story a little bit later, sure, but yep. I, I did have a really difficult time um, mentally and kind of as I was starting to feel better and kind of come out of that a little bit, um, I noticed that one of our former players, uh, Jalen Holmes, he had posted on just his personal Instagram, Mm -hmm. this post about um, depression and how to recognize the symptoms and and resources and whatnot. And I reached out to him just kind of like, hey, thank you for sharing this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's really important. Um, And he was like, you know, this is part of my story and I want to help other people. So that kind of triggered an idea for me of, hey, I, I would love to tell this story for Jalen. He seems pretty open. So it started out as just 
I'm going to tell this story about Jalen. Sure. Um, and then in having a conversation with some of the people in our PR team and stuff like that, I was like, well, you know, do you think this could maybe be a series? Because sure. Adam Thielen, through his foundation, really focuses on youth mental health. Um, we had had a couple of players use uh, the My Cause My Cleats platform for mm-hmm. mental health. So I thought about it. I kind of talked to some people and I came back to them and I said, I think I can get, I think I can make this four or five stories, like kind of a mini series. They're like, cool. Gave me their blessing. Um, Turned out being 11 episodes, segments, whatever you want to call it the first year. um, And then we actually brought it back this, this past spring as well. Um, And it wasn't quite as long, but I think we did six maybe. So, you know, I wish that this wasn't something that so many people can relate to, but I did like that as we kind of started this series, stories and experiences just kind of came out of the woodwork and people really are passionate about helping others and sharing sure. their story. And so that's kind of how it came about and really just grew like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd encourage people who haven't read it yet to check it out. Vikings.com is it's still up there. Uh, I think all the, all the shoes mm-hmm. are just getting open to search that. Probably yeah. Find it. Yep. Uh, what were some of the biggest things you learned from doing these interviews and, and writing these stories about all the you know different people from different backgrounds, but all maybe sharing their stories about mental health? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really loved about it, I guess I don't know if this is maybe something that I learned because I think I kind of expected it going in, but I loved the fact that we were able to tell such a variety of stories. We had some current players. We had some former players, black, white. Um, we had Eric Kendrick's now wife, um, Allie. So we had um, some, some women perspectives on sure. it as well. Um, I think for me, what was just sort of eye opening, and it shouldn't be right. Like this is something that I should know, but right. a lot of these people, really on the outside, like seem to have it all together, seem to be super confident. And those things might be true, but they also could be struggling with depression, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, whatever that might be. Um, And I think it was just more of a reminder for me of like, hey, you never know what people are going through. You never know what their stories are, what their experiences are. Um, And I got lots of emails like throughout the series of just people who would reach out and say like, hey, I really related to Allie's story or I really related to Tyler Conklin's story or or things like that. Um, and it was cool, too, to have people participate like Adam and Caitlin Thielen who maybe have not dealt with these issues personally, but they right. care deeply about it, especially in youth. And so really giving the resources towards it as well. Aside from talking to Lindsay in that conversation, I also had a chance to talk to Dr. Brownell Mack, the Vikings team clinician. So I encourage you to check out that full episode of the podcast at medicalalleypodcast.org. Moving on now to the device space, we start with a wearable technology from a medical alley company who's helping those with nightmare disorders. Here's a bit of our episode with Grady Hanna, the CEO of Nightwear. Nightwear is a non-invasive treatment for nightmare disorder. And that's something that you may not have heard of because yeah. nightmare disorder is often rolled in with the mental health diagnosis being made. PTSD, depression, anxiety disorder. And many people in the mental health industry aren't as trained in sleep. And so they aren't as in tune with breaking out something like nightmare disorder. But it's a very invasive condition where people in many cases are reliving a trauma, for instance. And it's an independent risk factor for suicide. And what nightwear is, is it's a wrist-worn device and it utilizes AI to monitor a person's sleep and detect their fight or flight response to their nightmare. And then it intervenes using vibrotactile feedback. It buzzes the device to arouse them out of the nightmare without waking them. Oh, wow. So the suicide risk 
is what enabled Nightwear to receive breakthrough status from the FDA. Mm -hmm. And we received FDA clearance in November 2020. Since then, we've gotten insurance coverage through TRICARE mm-hmm. to help active duty service members. And so we published interim randomized clinical trial data in the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine uh, recently and got recognized by the JCSM as one of the top 10 studies of the year that they, hey. re- that they reviewed. <laughs> so that was a nice, uh, a nice kudo. Uh, but it's really satisfying to be able to help someone with such a non-invasive treatment right. that can have a profound effect on their state of mind because there's the sleep deprivation, but it's more than that. People, when they describe the state of mind they're in, they don't just describe being afraid to go to sleep. They then associate it with being scared to go to their bedroom, huh. being scared to be in their bedroom, which is, we can understand uh, thinking about it, how uh, how, how that could happen, that but yeah, uh, it's it's a very invasive because you, you know that feeling when we've, every healthy sleeper has nightmares occasionally. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about here. But even when you have a nightmare, you feel guilty about things you didn't do. Mm. You feel your emotions are engaged in your dreams and nightmares in a way that we can't really explain. Right. Now, if you're reliving a trauma, if it's something that actually happened in your life or some allegory of that thing that happened in your life, it can be a, it can be a reinforcement of your trauma. Whereas REM sleep is normally a way for you to take your short-term memory, process it into long-term memory, provide uh, emotional associations with those memories and kind of prioritize them in this very automatic way. Uh. Whereas with nightmare disorder... The REM stage reinforces a trauma. Mm -hmm. It makes it so it's quite the opposite of being able to move on from it, in fact. Uh, And so to be able to change that dynamic is uh, extremely important. And the way that nightmare disorder is currently treated Mm -hmm. is you're either providing, there is no other indicated treatment for nightmare disorder except for nightwear. There's an off-label heart medication called Prazosin. There's cognitive behavioral therapy for PTSD, but there isn't good evidence that there's cognitive behavioral therapy to really alter people's nightmares. Nightmares Uh. are one of the more treatment-resistant parts of the PTSD symptomology. And so you're either changing the brain chemistry, Mm -hmm. you're trying to utilize CBT or talk therapy to kind of change the content or change the reaction to their their nightmares, or in, in in the case of nightwear, just making it so the nightmares don't happen in the in the first place. Right so it's on. really a new paradigm huh. of sleep treatment where you're 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 intervening in someone's sleep right. as it's happening. And finally, we listen back to a portion of our episode with Scott Lean, the CEO of Grandpad. His company has developed a tablet specifically for seniors. Its ability to help those seniors easily connect with their families through technology has been a positive development for their mental health and well-being. Let's take a listen to Scott. You had mentioned one of the problems you were trying to address in starting the company was the the increasing isolation and loneliness that was coming up. And that's a, an issue we've all heard a ton about, especially as we went through the pandemic and the lockdowns, and particularly for people who maybe were less mobile to begin with. How big of an issue is isolation and loneliness? And then how is GrandPad addressing that? All the stats say that Social isolation and chronic loneliness amongst seniors, 
before COVID was a massive issue. People estimated more than 40% of seniors were chronically lonely and isolated before COVID. Now in COVID and hopefully soon post-COVID era, people are saying, you know, probably north of 60% are chronically lonely. And sadly, the, the fact that it's not just a feel-good issue, it, it's a serious, you know, health issue. Um, validated research shows, shows being chronically lonely for seniors is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day with all the negative health impacts of that. And, and so again, it's a, a physical health issue and a mental health issue. And what we found by getting a grant pad in the hands of the seniors and creating rich, engaging connections between their family, friends, and caregivers can be a dramatic uh, boost and help reduce that social isolation and loneliness. So for example, think about, you know, whether it's during the COVID lockdown or just due to distance, mm-hmm. grandma's now able via a simple, easy, engaging video call, she's able to see her great granddaughter's first steps, right? So think about the boost that that gives. Or a doctor and clinician can do frequent, easy check-ins on seniors mm-hmm. via telehealth, right? And so you think here, we're here in Minnesota, bad weather, seniors can't drive, there's snow, or it's just hard for them to get out. So instead of it being, you know, one visit to their doctor every six months, the doctor or nurse clinicians can do easy check-ins to make sure and do proactive preventative care. So it's just all those things together can dramatically reduce the social isolation and loneliness. But we also have fun things like games. So mm. we all know games can entertain, they can engage, they can, um, they can in, in, uh, drive cognitive stimulation. So fun games like bingo and solitaire and blackjack and Texas Hold'em. We also have memory games like match two that, you know, people mm. can really keep their mind active music. The power of music therapy. We're big believers that we all know music can energize us. It can lift us up. And sadly, you know, with streaming, like music, the music that seniors want to listen to is harder to get at than ever because of the complex interface, right? Logging Mm -hmm. into Spotify and getting an account. And so we have great, easy to access streaming music on GrandPad in the context they want. So they want to listen to Frank Sinatra or Elvis or Patsy Cline. It's right there. So that's uplifting. Uh, we have an app called the Moods app. And it's one of these, like one of our sayings is sim- simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. <laughs> the Moods app is a great example of that. It's relaxation, meditation videos. It might be a waterfall. It might be an aquarium, a fish. It's cute little puppies playing. It's, it's you know, scenery. It's beautiful relaxation curated videos and music that seniors use to calm themselves. Sadly, there's a lot of anxiety with this group. And, you know, with all the things going on in the world, they'll use these videos. Their clinicians can prescribe those as part of a a relaxation or meditation routine. So all those things together can really help reduce social isolation and loneliness. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this special edition of the Medical Alley podcast as Mental Health Awareness Month comes to a close. As I mentioned off the top of the episode, we here at Medical Alley will continue to advocate for mental health awareness and access to mental health care through our work. I'd encourage you to check out our recent white paper that was published at medicalalley.org, and it examines how we can help diversify the mental health workforce in Medical Alley so that patients of color can more easily find providers who look like them. 
As I mentioned, that report is on our homepage at medicalalley.org. Thanks again for listening today. Have a great rest of your day.